Welcome to the Imperfect Leader Podcast with Scott Neal, a podcast about how to lead, grow, and succeed even with imperfections and challenges. Our goal? To help leaders expand their capacity and reach their full potential, whether leading a church, growing a business, or building a family. Remember, nothing succeeds like imperfection. Now here's your host, Scott Neal. Welcome to the Imperfect Leader Podcast. Uh, today, I'm really excited. I've got my son, Evan Neal, with us on the podcast today. Evan, welcome. Thank you, sir. I'm glad you are Thank here. You, you have uh, been home the last uh, week uh, because of Christmas holidays yep. up from Anderson, North, excuse me, Anderson, South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've always enjoyed uh, having Evan come home and be with the family. We just got back from New York City. First yep, time Evan's did. ever been yep. in the big city. We yep. went up uh, as a family to celebrate Christmas together. So uh, how'd you enjoy New York, son? Oh, I love New York. It was probably my favorite family trip that we've ever taken. Uh, I've never been to it before, like I said. So just being in the big city, I've always wanted to go to the big city, seeing it in or movies and seeing it in pictures, and especially at Christmas time, too. Yeah, it was, was amazing. That was, yeah, being there for Christmas seeing all the lights, seeing all the people. By the way, there was more people in New York City than I've ever seen in my life. I yeah. thought we were in an amusement park the entire time. Yeah, just because we, we have uh, been to New York outside of the uh, Christmas season, and it's crowded. But wow, during the Christmas holiday season, it's shoulder-to-shoulder people. I remember walking on the streets, just going from place to place, whether it was when we went from Broadway to in Times Square, and thinking there's no way we could actually be outside, you yeah. know, like, because there's, I mean, you look, you're in the middle of the city and if, I mean, if people listening have been there, they understand, but you look up and you don't really see the sky. You just see yeah. lights and lights and it just feels like you're in a big arena. I mean, yeah, that was true. my perspective. Yeah. yeah. We went, walk down to uh, Times Square and the lights are just unbelievable. Boom. They're unbelievable. everywhere. It's almost like you're kind of in a twilight. Yeah. It was a weird sun just it, setting. It was weird because movies really do it justice you yeah. know like that sounds funny but when you see times square in a movie you know they really don't tweak it you know right. it's that incredible it's that bright there's that many people yeah it's it's crazy well I love we it. had an awesome time together oh, and we wanted to do it as a family so uh, just the five of us uh lana myself evan ashton cameron uh went to new york for just a few days and walked around and did some shopping and took in a show. How cool was uh, uh, Lion, Lion King? King. Oh, that was amazing. Tears all yeah. down my face. I yeah. loved it. Hey, I, if you've never seen The Lion King, just those listening, uh, get a chance. If you get a chance to see it, do it. It oh, yeah. was an amazing show. I recommend it 100%. Yeah. It was so It's fun. incredible. I mean, the sheer just talent that they yeah. have. You know, there's no special effects. I mean, they're just in their costumes, their voices. And it's only in the past year that I've really, I don't know why, as much as I love music, it's only in the past year that I've really taken a notice to Broadway yeah. and things of that nature. And it is incredible. Well, Lana turned me on to Broadway a few years ago, and uh, she loves it. Yeah, and it's great. We got a chance to see a few shows together, and I tell you, each one is just amazing. So if you haven't seen a Broadway musical yet, Broadway show, please do it. You'll yeah, love it. Then great. we got a chance to go to Carmine's. And oh, <laughs> the best Italian I've ever had, really. Yeah. I, you know, I thought, you know, I thought Carabas was good, yeah. you know, but that's nothing in comparison. Yeah. It's great. It was I awesome. wish, you know, we should take another trip there. Yeah. Yeah, we should sure. do it. 
Yeah. Well, it was good. We yes. went, actually, as I mentioned, uh, together as a family. And one of the reasons we wanted to do so is because Ashlyn is getting married a week from today. Yeah. It's hard to believe she is uh, getting married, but she is. And we wanted to spend time together as a family before uh, the wedding and before things kind of change in our, in our life and trajectory as a family. So yeah. uh, we had a wonderful time together. Well, it's a real honor to have Evan here, and I wanted to talk to Evan about a few things because he's had some real interesting occurrences in his life and some things he's learned over the last couple of years especially. And I wanted to introduce the podcast audience to Evan and what's going on in his life, some things he's learning, how he's growing, who he's becoming, because I'm very proud of Evan and the young man he is and the man he's becoming and the leader uh, he is becoming as well. So I thought, hey, let's sit down with a young leader and let's talk to him. Talk to him about what he's learning, where he's headed, uh, what his journey has been, and where he's going. I want to begin, uh, Evan, with a question about uh, something significant that occurred in your life over the last few years. And I know there are people listening to this podcast who will identify with what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes. Many people who know you now and did not know you a few years ago may be unaware, but you actually have lost over 100 pounds. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly how much weight have you lost? 115 pounds. 115 what, pounds. That's what the last time I weighed was. Yeah. Well, I want to get into the journey of uh, that weight loss because yeah. I know, especially this time of the year, people are making New Year's resolutions yeah. and, you know, they hope 2018 is much better than the years in the past of... Uh, getting in shape, and you've done it through discipline, mm -hmm. through exercise, through eating well. So yeah. uh, take us back a little bit to um, when you started on this journey. You know, did you know you were going to lose this amount no, of weight, et cetera? No. So okay, tell so us the, a little bit about it. The first year that I can remember really wanting to make a difference was in the year 2009, okay. which is my freshman year of high school, which was my freshman year of high school, yeah. which, by the way, can't believe it's going to be almost nine years yeah. next year. Unbelievable. My yeah. life's flying. But it was the first time that I really wanted to lose weight. And I remember setting out a goal to lose, you know, 30 pounds. That was my goal. Uh, I had always struggled with weight. I'd always been a little overweight, been, you know, the butt end of jokes. And I was yeah. just frustrated with it. And I wanted to lose some weight. So I decided that I was going to do it. And I ate healthy and I... Um, worked out and I lost my 30 pounds. Well, tell us a little bit about what you changed in your diet to get that first 30 pounds off. Well, yeah. Some people, just if they could lose 30, right. would be amazing. Right. Well, it wasn't until 2011. That's what I'm saying. It was okay. in 2009 that I started it, but I lost the weight just by working out and doing little things, but I ended up gaining that back. Yeah. I ended up gaining that back and I just fell into a deeper, like, man, I really want to do this. So it was in 2011 was when something clicked in my brain and I wanted to change it all. I, mean, I didn't want to be overweight anymore. I didn't want to struggle anymore. So what I did was in 2011, I started, it was January of 2011. It was my new year's resolution and I wanted to lose 50 pounds and I wanted to know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I was going to do it because uh, I had the determination in my life. So I, my journey started off with cutting carbohydrates. Now people listening might be like, don't do that. That's a bad idea. You have no energy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but for me, that is what worked very well. I did a two week, no carb detox, which means I did not eat carbs at all. 
Yeah. Like it was nothing. And so what I did was breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two weeks. I, you know, did not eat any carbs. It was just like bacon, eggs, steak. I mean, all of these things. Now, was that, that difficult? It was sort of difficult, but I really enjoy that. You know, I really enjoy all those carbs or excuse me, all of that protein and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little difficult at first because I had to get into the routine of it. But after I got to the routine of it, uh, it started getting a lot easier, a lot easier, a lot easier. And what I noticed was, well, first off, your body burns fat first. Or is it? No, it's energy first, fat second. That's what it is. So your body burns carbs first, fat second. What happens is whenever you starve yourself of carbs, your body only goes to fat first. Hmm. So that's what made the difference. So I so stopped instead my, of giving your body the carbs to burn, it forces your body to start burning fat. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so that's what that's what happened. And so for two weeks, that's what I did. And my body switched to burning fat first. And then I would give myself a little bit of carbs at first or you know, throughout the day to burn if I was out of it. But I noticed a huge difference when that happened. And so after a couple, I also played basketball a lot. I remember mm-hmm. you remember I would oh, yeah. come out here oh, yeah. and play basketball here at the church mm-hmm. until you know 10 o'clock at night with two friends in high school. We would play all night long. Yep. And so it wasn't just an eating thing. It was definitely a, you know, an exercise Movement. thing as well. It was. I was yep. moving all the time. I was walking on the street. And you were not in shape physically. No. <laughs> so that was a challenge. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was real bad. I um, remember... I mean, there was times I'm being very real, you know, walking down the hallway at school from classroom to classroom. And I would be so glad just to get, you know, I was extremely out of shape and I uh, just made the decision that I was going to change it. And so now, you know, how you kept that. You kept that low. Now you, you, you. Begin to add some carbs back. Yeah. So after the two maintained a low carb. Right. Right. So after the two weeks, uh, I started just incorporating good carbs. There's a difference between yeah. good carbs and bad carbs. You know, right. there's a difference in 40 carbs of apples versus mm-hmm. 40 carbs of potato chips. You know, right. you almost have to realize what it is that you're eating, you know, and you have to just give it to yourself. And, you know, everything mm-hmm. is good for a little bit. You know, yeah. everything in moderation is good. So I just decided to just give myself carbs, good carbs, as I was going on. I always kept the protein mindset. But this is very important. When it comes to a diet like that, or when it comes to eating like that, a lot of us, I know this is what changed for me, a lot of us is like, I'm going to diet this year. So starting the new year, if you're listening, like, if you start in a diet, that's great. But what it turns into is a lifestyle change. Right. That's the difference. It's not just a diet. You know, it's just... It's a lifestyle change, yeah. is what it is. And you've maintained that now for years. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a couple of times that I've gone yeah, up sure. and down. I broke my foot. You know, yeah, I remember you breaking. Oh, I, I remember yeah. breaking my foot. It was last year, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and I had to be off my off my feet for a while, yeah. gained a you know about twenty pounds. Yeah, back. but what I'm what I'm um, impressed with is that you know you maybe gained a few pounds and kind of fell off a little bit of your plan, but hey, you got right back on it again. Dropped those pounds. Yeah. Back, yeah, yeah, you know, to the gym. You're going to the gym now. How many times a week? I'm trying six times a week. Yeah, six times. Yeah, I'm and trying to go every not, single day it's except not Sunday. Too hard. No, I mean, you're no, 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 no. Doing some uh, stair stair climbing. Yeah, I do the stair climbing. Weight lifting. Yeah. I do a lot like of cardio. I'm I'm breaking it down in, in halves. So and you you uh, did a marathon. Well, not oh, a full marathon. Yeah, but no, a, that's a goal. A, uh, right. Five k. Five k. Yeah, I ran that in October. Yeah, yeah I ran. Now, that if we could go back to your freshman year of high school and say, hey. Evan, in a few years, you're going to be running a 5K. What would you have thought? Oh, that was never going to happen. Right. 
<laughs> that was never going to happen. I couldn't walk down the hallway without being out of breath, you know. Right. So it's, I mean, it was a lifestyle change. So there's some people sitting out here that let me let me ask you this question: If you had a, a person in front of you, two or three people in front of you who yeah. are freshmen in high school, yeah, uh, freshmen in college, maybe it's a stay-at-home mom, or it's a business guy, or it's a businesswoman, or uh, a pastor, or whatever, and they are struggling yeah. with weight and they cannot imagine themselves ever getting to a place where they could exercise six times a week at the gym or run a 5K or just drop 30 or 40 pounds. And they're discouraged. You know, 2018 is here. They want this to be their year, but they've tried and failed before. And you had them in front of you. What would you say to them? Fight. Fight. I'd say fight because it's not easy. Yeah. No, there's a reason why there are hundreds almost I could dare say thousands of different diet plans right. diet pills because everybody wants an easy fix right everybody just wants to take something at night yep. and then wake up in the morning and be skinny right? right but it's a fight right but it's a fight that's worth fighting yeah it is a fight that's worth it so if I was looking at someone I'd go do it the way that's easiest to you don't try to mimic somebody else's right. journey don't try to mimic because your story is important yourself, your journey. So there's no magic. No, there's diet. no, there's no magic. I'm, I can tell you the magic. I can tell you the formula right now. It is eat better, work out. I mean, that is what it is. And I know that sounds consistently, very, consistently. Over, yeah, right. Over, so over. you're not going to do that yeah. on Monday and then by Friday lose five pounds. You're going to go through seasons of life, especially if you're dieting, especially if you're working out and you're going to look at the treadmill or excuse me, you're going to look at the scale after two weeks and you're going to have lost 10 pounds. And you're like, that's great. But then you're going to also go through a season where you do the same thing and you're going to look at the scale and it's going to say half a pound. Yeah. And it's in that moment that you go, you know what? I'm going to continue to fight. You I'm going told to continue me, to you, push. You've told me several different times how much of it is in your head. Oh, yeah. It's 80%. It's 80% in your head. It's 80% in the, or excuse me, 80% in your head and how you eat and 20% in the gym. Yeah. So when you get on the scale after right. you've worked hard right. and you see a half a pound, that's where a real battle is. Right. It's because it can be discouraging, yeah. and you've got to overcome that. Because yeah. if you don't, you'll run to the kitchen, grab some chips, eat yeah. a bunch of carbs, yeah, go down the other, just, go the other way. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's discouraging. And what's yeah. especially for me, I'll tell you right now, whenever I'm discouraged, I go to eating. Mm. You know, because in 2011, I was I was 338 pounds in 2011, and now I'm you know 220. So I am. Yeah, I, my go-to now is still to go to the, the kitchen. So what I'm you're saying is it's, it's, it's a battle every day. Every day. Yeah. Wake up every single day. Yeah. I choose every single day to cut sugar. I choose every single day to watch what I eat. I choose every day to go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. I mean, I do want to go to the gym, but in the moment, it's not my favorite thing. Sure. You know, but afterwards, it always feels better. And the after feeling is greater right. than the not one. So that's, again, a mental game. Yeah, it's a mental you game. You get up in the morning, you don't want to go to the gym, right. and that is not something You're going to have to fight yourself. Sure. You're going to have to literally fight yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I know that seems discouraging to listen to it, but it's it's not. Yeah. It's encouraging to fight yourself right. and win against yourself. I mean, it's the greatest battle. And whenever you see yourself victorious over something that you've struggled with so long, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. You know, what to, is what is probably one of the, other than just obviously size, right. but in health, right. but what is a huge 
uh, win to you when you see yourself in the mirror, when you put on, you know, a pair of pants, obviously, and are much smaller than they used to be. Um, what's the, the victory, the feeling of accomplishment? What is the greatest part of this for you? Probably being able to do the things that I couldn't. Yeah. It's to see that, you know. I was very nervous, you know, to being very real. I never wanted to go on like roller coasters. I never wanted to, I mean, I never want to go to the beach. I never wanted to do these things that everybody else was having so much fun and I wanted to do, but I was so embarrassed of it. So I think it's being able to hang with people who I've always sort of wanted to do that. Right. You know, and I'm going to tell you, this is what made the difference. And maybe you need to listen to this, whoever's listening. When I was in 2011, I went to a doctor's office for a checkup. And I don't know, you might not remember this, but we were together. It's because I couldn't drive yet. So we went to the doctor's office and I was getting a checkup or whatever it was. And the doctor told you to go out into the lobby or whatever it was. And he sat me down in front of, you know, and he put his stethoscope down and put his notebook or his clipboard down. And he looked at me in the face. He said, if you don't change, you're going to die by the time you're 50. Mm. And he looked at me in my face and he said, and it struck fear into me. And I remember going, I don't want to die when I'm 50. You know, I want to live a long time, and that was some that was a catalyst in my life. That is a little, something small that pushed me to change something. Right. Maybe you need a catalyst. Yeah. You know, someone needs a catalyst. Someone sure. needs to hear something. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, certainly proud of you, and I know that you are proud of yourself. And other people have received a lot of encouragement and inspiration from your journey. So that's amazing. Well, not only have you gone through uh, significant weight loss over the last two years, uh, three years. Actually, actually, it's probably been longer than that. Yeah, the whole journey. it's been a while. It's yeah. 2011, so we're right. 20, so about seven years. Yeah, it's that's been right. A... Wow. Yeah, seven years. But over the last uh, two to three years, you have uh, you you left home here in, in Elizabeth City and you moved to Anderson, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are going, "Why did you go to Anderson, <laughs> South Carolina? What's in Anderson, South Carolina? Why did you go there?" So uh, tell us a little bit about your experience, Anderson, why you're there, what's going on, and then I'll ask some other questions about that. So I moved to Anderson in 2015 to attend New Spring Leadership College. And New Spring Leadership College is an incredible program at New Spring Church that's based in Anderson, South Carolina. It is a two-year program, uh, and it is great. I would recommend it to anybody. Now, this is a leadership college. Yes. So tell me, what, what is that? So exactly. their core, other people. Right, their core values are to raise leaders for the local church. That okay. is what their goal is. So specific to this college are people, they've prayed about the people who are being accepted. They really feel like it's from the Holy Spirit. And these guys are the best of the best leaders. They're training them how to tra- you know, lead other people in church. They are training them and how to lead themselves. They are training them how to lead volunteers. So it is a biblically based program that is all about leadership in the church. No. Yeah. And you, uh, when you first got there, um, I know that there were probably some uh, expectations you had about uh, the college and then some things that maybe met your expectations. I'm sure some others that exceeded your expectations. Uh, what was some of the, the takeaways from the two-year program that you went through there? What are some things you look back on now and say, wow, I didn't know that then, but I know it now? <laughs> so there, something you know, that's, some something super simple is how to okay. write emails. Okay. <laughs> right? That was something that I did not know how to do well. Okay. I could not write an email to save my life. I would write it like I was texting. Mm-hmm. But I went through a communications class and learned right. how to write an email, learned how to put a header, footer, all these things. So it's something as simple as that, but I also learned how to battle demons in my life. Mm. 
you know, that's it's something as simple as writing an email, but also learning how, how to listen to the Holy Spirit in my life. Right. Um, battle demons, how to how to fight. I learned spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a, one of my favorite books ever. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney. Yeah. And uh, it is a great, it's book. a great book. Yeah, if you're listening and you want to read a book about spiritual disciplines, it is a great book. I recommend it. talks about all of these spiritual disciplines, talks about and how they're beneficial to your life for the purpose of godliness. That's right. Every chapter is like solitude mm-hmm. for the purpose of godliness. Journaling for the purpose of godliness. It, it, so, what, which particular discipline um, probably spoke to you the most and you've probably begin to practice more of it as a result of reading that and going through this? It's so journey. funny to, to think about it now, but okay. probably the best discipline was solitude, hmm. to be quiet. Now, for people who know me, they're probably laughing, you know, yeah. because I'm extremely extroverted. I hate being quiet. I hate sitting still. But over the past year, that was almost a it was almost a seed planted when I read that chapter, because it's not really growing until now. But I never I thought to myself I was never really quiet. I never just sat still, and for the purpose of godliness, to sit quiet, to be quiet, is so important. You know, to be quiet and to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be sensitive to it is so incredibly important. We live in such a loud world. Yeah, and so there's a difference, though, between isolation and solitude. Okay. There's a big difference. Solitude is for the purpose of growing with Jesus, growing in yourself. Isolation is very detrimental to your heart. Isolation is pulling yourself away from people who love you, pulling yourself away. And so there's a difference. We won't go super into detail, but there is a difference between sure. that. I mean, even Jesus uh, would go to a mountain mm-hmm. every morning before the sun rose mm-hmm. by himself. He was quiet. And so being quiet and reading a book or being quiet and just sitting still is just so un- important. Just unplugging from all of the Yeah, don't take your phone with you. And everything do it. Just sitting quiet. I re- I'm going to challenge you. Go ahead. Anybody listening, I'm going to challenge you. Do it. 15 yeah. minutes. Try 15 minutes a day. Maybe that's your yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. 15 minutes a day. Wake up in the morning. Be and quiet. That's a, uh, that's a difficult thing to do. It's very hard. Because we're so used to all of the noise and the phone's going off and checking our email and yeah Facebook you remember and Twitter and for me things. it's very difficult just like weight loss I've had to battle I still do that I, I choose to be quiet I mean you remember at grandma's house a couple you know what last week I was quiet and I thought I was dying I was sick yeah. you know I was in the bed I slept all day long because my brain was finally resting yeah and I thought I was sick yeah. I, you know I slept for three hours in the afternoon and I thought I was I thought I had a fever I thought I was getting a virus but I was just quiet yeah that's amazing it is it is like a uh, uh, withdrawals yeah it is it's like a sugar withdrawal or something like that you you don't really know what to do with it I thought I was I mean I was bored I I wanted to go drive I wanted to go do something but it was just being quiet it's actually amazing how many people and I'm sure there are a few listening uh, who go through somewhat of a low-level depression during the holiday season simply because their routine is off. Yeah. They're they're not in the office, they're not working, they're not maybe they get off their exercise program for a few days. Right. And uh, things are a little bit more quiet and they just begin to feel depressed. Simply because we are addicted to buzz. We are addicted to noise, to busyness. So taking some time away from all of that and just sitting in your room or sitting at your desk without all of the stimulation, without the music, without the internet and just sit for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and let your mind settle. Right. For me, I know because I'm still so extroverted and I want to go, 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 one of the best things for me to do whenever I want to have some solitude is just to go on a walk, mm-hmm. 
being quiet. I'm very fortunate to live in Anderson, South Carolina, where I'm not too far away from the mountains, so there are great hikes up there. And I just, I don't take my phone, well, I'll take my phone with me, but keep it in my bag in case something happens. But right. I don't have music playing. I don't have a dog with me. I don't have anything. I just start walking. I just start walking. And uh, it is it is one of my favorite times. That's great. Just well, that's one of the things that you've picked up from uh, New Spring. One of the um, uh, great benefits of being a part of New Spring College was being able to serve yeah. at New Spring Church. And if you're not familiar with New Spring, those listening, New Spring's an amazing church in Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, thousands, tens of thousands of people attend the church. They have multiple campuses, multiple services. Uh, Lan and I have had the privilege of going to New Spring several times and attending the services, going to a few conferences there. It's just been amazing. So you've had the opportunity to serve uh, within the ministries of the church as a part of your leadership training. Yeah. And one of the areas that you have served in and learned a lot from is the online ministry. Right. They have a, a big campus of people online right. every week. Thousands so, of people are yeah, watching. Tell online. us a little bit about that. Okay, so that was based out of... Um, New Spring, the church, or excuse me, the area Next Steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of my ministry partnership. Well, first off, so we have in the school, we have a couple of classes that we have to do. And then part of the ministry is to also serve like in a, in an area of ministry. So I got the op- incredible opportunity to serve with Central Next Steps. Right. And part of that program was to help out with church online. Okay. And I was part of the church ministry that every single Sunday we hosted online. So if you're ever watching Forest Park online, or if you're ever watching New Spring Church online, there's a little chat room to the right. Mm-hmm. That is what I helped do at New Spring Church. Okay. We saw thousands of people coming online. I helped lead. So there are thousands of people oh, yeah, watching. Every thousands. Weekend. So we had, there are churches online. I believe at the height of everything, there was about five or six online where we were talking. Now the thing was about two or three thousand. No, 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 no. So, excuse me. So there are five services online that we were chatting with people. Okay. Now it's gone down a little bit, but uh, it is still an incredible ministry that is online. People, I mean, we were, we were seeing prayer requests. We got connected with people online. We were, I mean, we were doing a lot of big things and Jesus was working through the online ministry and uh, we got to meet people from, we had someone serving from, India. We had someone serving from England and they were logging on, talking with us in the chat room. So we were building relationships with people all over the world. It's amazing. It was incredible. Great training. Great training because I not only got the chance to care for people, which is what my heart is to care for people, to talk with people, to counsel people face to face, but I got to learn how to do that online as well. Right. And in today's day and age, as much as we're going to online, it was just such an incredible tool. At first, I just noticed it as some, well, not noticed it, but I sort of looked at it as a job. But closer to the end of New Spring College, I realized how much of a tool it was and how much of a training program it was yeah. uh, to be able to be online. And uh, so that was one of my favorite parts right. of the two years. Well, you finished your two years there at New Spring Leadership College. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're finished with that, and you would recommend that to some others? Yeah, I graduated in April. Okay. And if you are someone who is thinking about going into ministry, and you feel called into going into ministry, and you feel called uh, to do something with your life, I would recommend at least looking at New Spring Leadership College. Right. It is now, when you incredible. say ministry, a lot of people think of preaching, teaching, right. singing, but it's more than just that because they do, and you're able to learn a lot even from media, 
creativity, uh, video production, yeah, so all kinds in, of things. In the college, they might have been they might change it this next year because you know good things you know always they don't always change, but they're always trying to make things a little bit better. Right. There was a student leadership track, mm-hmm. so how to learn how to be a good student leader. There is a ministry leadership track, which is what I did. I was in the ministry leadership track, so I just learned how to lead in ministry. And then there was a children's ministry track. And then separate from New Spring College, if this is something that you're looking for, there is a worship apprenticeship that New Spring Church hosts. And uh, it is separate from the college. It's still very similar, but it is a little separate. But if that's something that you want to do, be a worship leader, learn how to do that, you can apply for that as well. Right. Well, when you finished leadership college there at New Spring, mm-hmm. you immediately went in a different direction, yeah. similar, but uh, a new opportunity came your way. Very, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a funny story how that happened. Okay. I remember I graduated in an April, so you were and mom and the family were there in April. Right. In March, I did not know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to move back to Elizabeth City and just look for a full-time job, which right. is, you know, there wasn't an issue with that, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm sitting in Starbucks in Anderson, South Carolina, uh, on Highway 81, if anybody's ever been there. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm writing my resume to go home. I'm writing my resume, because all the jobs that I've had thus far, I never really had to have, excuse me, I've never really had to have a resume for it, but uh, I needed to write one. And so I was writing one. And as I was walking out of Starbucks, there's a man who I'd known, and he called me over to his table. He said, hey, Evan, how are you doing, man? I'm like, I'm really good. How are you? He said, I'm doing well. What, what are you doing in Starbucks? And I said, well, I'm writing my resume to go back home and uh, to be part of some things down there and look for a job. And he asked me a very important question that I think you might want to ask yourself, too. He just asked me, does any of that stuff that you are going home to, does any of that excite you? I remember I sat and had a little revelation. And I was like, no, <laughs> not really. Not None of it really excites me. And he says, well, I have a great opportunity for you. I think you uh, would really benefit from it. And from that, I learned about uh, Clayton King Ministries, and I learned about a internship program named uh, Crossroads Discipleship Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, for short, we call that CDH. And I am in that program now, and uh, it is the, 2017 has probably been one of the best years of my life because of that program. Wow. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit more about the program. What does it mean to be part of Crossroads Discipleship Home? Okay, so... It's broken up into two parts. Uh, Clayton King Ministries is a ministry that's 20 years old, 20 plus, I believe. It's based out of Boiling Springs, North Carolina, but now they live, the ministry and all of the uh, staff members live in Anderson, South Carolina, including Clayton. And they have an incredible ministry in Anderson. Uh, They put on a winter conference. They put on a summer camp. Clayton speaks at New Spring Church. He speaks uh, all over the country. and Actually around the world. Oh, yeah, around the world. Yeah, he's speaking... On December the 31st, he's speaking in front of 100,000, and uh, I believe it's in Uganda yeah. is where it is. And so he's it's having amazing. an incredible opportunity to do that. So we're really praying, part of the ministry, part of the internship, we're praying thousands of people are going to be saved. So uh, be praying for that. But half of it is an internship in the office. So we're just in the intern in the intern world. We have our little intern office, and mm-hmm. we're doing whatever they ask us to do. And it is just such an incredible opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, to help plan Winter Conference, which is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend every single year, to help plan Summer Camp. Uh, we do D-NOWS, which stands for Discipleship Now, uh, which is just like a little weekend. We'll go out and preach the gospel. We'll go out and train people. And so that's it's an incredible op- Excuse me. It is an incredible opportunity. The second half of it is a discipleship program, and that is led by 
a man who is also on staff. His name is Josh Gardner, and uh, he is our disciple, uh, basically our discipleship trainer, and he teaches us how to uh, share the gospel with people, pray for people, listen to the Holy Spirit in our life. Uh, we live inside of a house. It's a duplex, so uh, guys on one side, girls on the other side, and it is a great year. We host people in our house. We cook for people. Uh, we laugh with each other. We cry with each other. We learn each other uh, deeper than some of our best friends. And so the people who I live with in this past year have become my best friends. Uh, they've become my brothers. They've become my sisters. Friendships that I'll never forget. Friendships that I can call at 3 a.m. in the morning if I need to. And so because of that, it's 2017 has been one of the best years of my life. It's been one of the most difficult years of my life because I'm learning new things about myself. But with CDH, with CKM, uh, which stands for Clayton King Ministries, and again, Crossroads Discipleship Home, and with having graduated New Spring College, it has just been great. You have met some very interesting people uh, being a part of the discipleship program there at Clayton King Ministries. Uh, tell us about a couple people. I know you guys have some people who come into the to the home and do some training, and you got a yeah. chance to go to Atlanta and do some touring there and some ministry opportunities there. You met some interesting people there as well. Yeah. What, how, who are some of the people that you have come across kind of cross paths with that's impacted you over the last year? Well, we host people who are local to Anderson, mm -hmm. uh, for the first half of the program, for the first semester, if you will, we were given people who were going to come over to our house starting in January. We actually get to pick people who we want okay. to come, but in the first half, uh, we've had people who work at New Spring Church. We've had our neighbors come. We've had uh, people who are part of the ministry, people who have been overseas in the ministry, uh, people who are just connected, and we just get a chance to sit with them and ask them questions and ask them about their life. I know there's one man in particular uh, who is just a heavy hitter. He is a great man. His name is Jeff Sundell. He is uh, on staff with E3, if, if you're familiar with that. Uh, he is overseeing hundreds and hundreds of movements of God all over the world. He is meeting with people who are just making big moves for God. And uh, he is going, I believe, overseas to India or Asia. I know it's India and Asia, the same place, but uh, he's going over there. And I don't really know where it is that he's going, but he's moving with his wife. And they're going to start preaching the gospel and reaching people who have never heard about Jesus. All these unreached people groups who don't know about Jesus, who've never heard about Jesus, uh, they're going to go to them. And CBH has given you an opportunity to, to literally sit with these kind of people yeah. in a room and yeah. talk with them, ask them at questions. dinner, yeah. at dinner, we get to, I mean, I cooked dinner for yeah. this man and we got to share a meal together. Yeah. But I believe probably one of my favorite stories, uh, we were on a missions trip to, in, or not to India, but we were on a missions trip to Clarkston, Georgia, and Clarkston, Georgia, Time Magazine calls this place the most diverse square mile in the, I believe, world. It's definitely country. But people from all, refugees from all over the world come to Clarkston. People all over, from India, from Nepal, from Syria, from Iraq, from the United States, from New York, from California. I mean, all of these people are coming and living in this area. And so we got a chance to go to a missions trip there, uh, knocking on the doors, praying for people. But I met a man there who he was um, Hindu and he had converted to Christianity. And he started sharing me his story. He started sharing with me some of his life. And he challenged me to share the gospel more so than anybody that I've ever met. Wow. 
Uh, one of my favorite stories he told me was he had a dream that he was going to go to the village. Now, I don't really know anything about India, but he lived in, I believe, southern India, and this dream told him, or the Holy Spirit told him to go to northern India. And so he was going to go to northern India, and he had a dream that he was going to go, and he woke up and told his wife, I got to go. And it was like an eight-hour drive. He's like, I don't know why I have to go, but I have to go to this village. And the name of this village uh, was something in their language that meant something along the lines of like, God is not welcome or something insane. You know, some of these things, you know, that some of the times that the Holy Spirit tells you to do something insane. And so he's like, I got to go. And so he rode on his bike with a man and they drove, they rode all the way to eight hours and they get to this village and there is an old, it's a small village and they get to the village and there's this old man. And as soon as Emmanuel, that's what his name is. As soon as Emmanuel gets off the bike, he steps up to this man and he says, Jesus. And as soon as he said, Jesus, this man started to scream. And started to yell and scream and yell and scream. And you can imagine, it struck fear in Emmanuel. And so once he calmed down, once he got him calmed down, he asked this man what was going on. And he said that he had a dream that two men were going to come on a bike today and to preach about Jesus. And 20 years before, he had met a man who had shared Jesus. And they killed him. And from then, from that day, he could not get that out of his head. And he was going to commit suicide unless something happened to that day. And he had a dream. And those two men came with Emmanuel and him came and shared the gospel with him. And he got saved and the whole village got saved. And so things like that are happening over the sea, overseas. And things like that are happening in our world. And so I was really challenged by Emmanuel to just go and share the gospel. And so people like Jeff who come sit at our dinner table tell us stories like that. Right. People who CDH and CKM have connected us with tell us stories like that and challenge us to be a part of that. So you're not only getting information, but you're getting inspiration. Oh, inspiration. Yeah. And, I, and there I mean, you've thing- called me several times on the phone yeah. just to say, oh, you're never going to believe the conversation I had today. You're not going to believe, Dad, who I've heard uh, speak. Uh, let me tell you the story. So you're just getting poured. Inspiration is getting poured into you, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. And... The last part of that story, one of my favorite parts of the story, is that while Emmanuel, and by the way, that's not his his legal name. His legal name, I can't pronounce it. It's something right. in Hindu. But he gave himself the name Emmanuel. That's what he goes by now. Yeah. That's great. And uh, he said that as he's inside the house sharing the gospel and people are being saved, people in the village said that there were men outside that door. And he only, he only rode with one man. Only wow. one man. And so people, I believe, we're seeing angels wow. that are guarding the door. And so things like that are actually happening in our world. Yeah. Things like that happen. Yeah. And I think we can go all the way back to the beginning question or a couple questions that go, how are you going to see that? Yeah. Be quiet. Yeah. Solitude. You know, yeah. look for it. We can't, you know, we can't in today's day and age, as much as we're doing, as much as we're going, it's hard to hear that stuff. We are so preoccupied with so many things. I remember we were watching the other night Jimmy Fallon and uh, the actor John Boyega. He is the actor in Star Wars, the new Star Wars. And I remember he said something that was funny, but it just struck to me and made me think. He said one of the best cloaking devices in the world are phones. And, he, and Jimmy was like, what in the world are you talking about? He's like, well, I walked through airport and everybody's on their phone. They're looking down. Yep. They're probably looking at the new trailer for Star Wars and I'm just walking past them. That's so so true. it makes me think how many times have I been connected to something, 
connected to something that's electronic or that's not really important and I've missed something yeah. that's incredible you know so CDH CKM they are really challenging me to open my eyes to listen to the Holy Spirit to just be aware of what's yeah. happening in my life and uh, Clayton King obviously leads this um, entire program and he's not just a figurehead he's actually involved in it mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to hang with Clayton every now yeah. and then yeah, yeah. and a uh, few Love people Love few people guy. get the opportunity to hang out ask questions and learn from someone like uh, Clayton King yeah. so uh, it's an it's a it's a privilege it's an honor for you to be able to do so uh, you, in fact, you got a chance uh, just a few weeks ago to travel to Memphis. Yep. Is that correct? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis uh, with Clayton. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like? Tell us a little bit about that journey you had. Oh, it was great. I got a. Why did you go? Yeah, I got a great opportunity to hang with Clayton. He's a great guy. By the way, if anybody has heard Clayton, he is just a normal guy, but he uh, really loves his staff. He really loves his family. He loves his wife, Shari, and their two children, Jojo and Jacob. Uh, he loves him. And he By the way, Shari, his wife, is actually going to be part of our Adore Conference yeah. in 2018, which we're really excited about. Yeah. Uh, those of you who may not know, we have a, an Adore Women's Conference uh, each year, and Shari's going to be a part. She's going to be one of the speakers for the Adore Women's Conference this year at Forest Park. Really excited about that. Yeah, so Clayton, he's just that's going to be great, by yeah. the way. I'm coming home for that as well. I'm going right. to play some drums for it. Uh, but he's a normal guy, but he loves his staff, loves his family. and so Incredible leader. Yeah, great leader. So anyways, I got a chance to travel with him to Memphis because uh, his his normal, like his assistant couldn't go with him. And uh, so I got a chance to go with him. I talked with him at the beginning of the year. I said, hey, if there's any opportunity uh, that I can travel with you, I just want to make myself available. Yeah. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I need to do to be with you. I would love to learn from you. And the opportunity came up. And so he asked if I could go with him, and I got a chance to travel with him, and it was a great opportunity. We flew to Memphis, Tennessee. He was preaching at a church there named High Point Church in Memphis. Great church. Great church. Pastor Chris Conley, uh, just an incredible church. Vision for the church is great. The staff is great. Worship's great. And so he was just preaching there, and I got a chance to go with him and help him and assist him and learn from him and just uh, spend a weekend with him and soaking up some things. It was great. And he gives you an opportunity to ask him questions and learn from him and take Yeah, he's notes. very open. Yeah, very that's open. amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what is one thing you've learned from Clayton? Just in watching, watching the way he interacts with people, speaking, preaching, anything. Just kind of watching, taking notes. What have you picked up? One of my favorite things that Clayton has ever told me is that you don't always have to be accessible, but you have to be visible. Hmm. Uh, you don't always have to talk with this sounds funny but you don't always have to talk with people because at his stature you know at something like that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people want to talk to you You can't talk with all of them but Clayton is very visible he's always in the lobby of the church he is always on his not always on his his phone but he always has his phone available if I text him if I call him he's going to get to me back he's going to get back with me anybody who talks with him Clayton is very visible. He's very accessible. He's not always available because of how busy he is, but he is visible. He's accessible. And that is something that I've asked him uh, twice. How do you, how do you do this? You know, like you, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers online. You are always going, you preach all the time. How do you keep everything together? He's like, be visible. People appreciate being visible. And so that's just something that I've tried to take and learn myself of, because I get tired, people get tired, you get tired, you know, everybody gets tired and it's very easy to get into like a shell right. and come out 
when you're supposed to preach and then get back into your show. But being visible is so important. If uh, people are interested in knowing a little bit more about Clayton and what's going on there, yeah. uh, where do they go to find out? They can go to ClaytonKingMinistries.com. Okay. And that leads into every single thing that we do at the ministry. Yeah, because one of the things that you love about um, your time at CDH is summer camp. Yeah, summer camp. It is one of my favorite times of the year. Tell us I, about what, what is summer camp? What does yeah. it look like? Well, they've been doing it for a long time. I've had the honor to be a part of it last year, and then this year I'm getting to do it again. But they do six weeks of summer camp in Anderson, South Carolina. It's a week week camp. We have So six weeks, but it's a week for each age group? Or no, it's not a week for each age group. So the camp is 6th through 12th grade. Okay. And the first five weeks are available for everybody or for just churches to sign up for. The sixth week is already reserved for a church, a very large church mm-hmm. who just books the whole camp. Right. Uh, but the first five weeks are available to people, uh, their churches, ministries, anybody who wants to come, just drive out this Anderson. Fly what, is out camp, what does camp look like? So camp is Monday through Friday. Uh, excuse me, Monday, th- Monday, Thursday, Monday through Friday. Anyways, one of the, it's that. And camp is services every morning and night. There's lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's all inclusive. We have activities. We have uh, color war, which is with uh, chalk. We throw war, we throw chalk at each other. We get extremely dirty. We have basketball tournaments, dodgeball tournaments, lake. And then Clayton brings a message and we just have people preaching and sharing the gospel. And just, we, we see salvations and we see, uh, calls to ministry, thousands and thousands of kids uh, coming in. We're on track right now for being in December. We're on track right now to break all the records that we've set. Mm. It's going to be the largest year that we've ever had. That's awesome. Uh, so if a parent wants to, to at least check it out, maybe yeah. for their high school student, yeah. they can go to Clayton King well, Ministries. You can well. go to ClaytonKingMinistries.com okay. and click on the summer camp tab, but mm. it's easier to go to CrossroadSummerCamp.com. CrossroadSummerCamp.com. And that takes it right to the link, right to the page. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Well, how much longer are you part of uh, Crossroads? Till August. It's a year program. CDH is a year program. It's August to August. So whenever I get back into Anderson after Ashland's wedding, uh, we'll have a semester left. Wow. So It's been an amazing year. First half's already done. It's hard to believe. But yeah, it's been an amazing year. And I, I wrote on Facebook a couple of days ago that 20, 2018 is set up to be best year of my life. That's awesome. Just taking every single thing that I've learned from New Spring Leadership College, taking everything I've learned thus far from CDH and just putting that into practice uh, for 2018, it's going to be great. Yeah. Very excited. I don't know where I'm going to go after CDH. I know that full-time job is in, is in the, is in the, I wouldn't say rear view. I'm looking towards it now. Uh, but, I've been very, very careful and also very intentional to just be where I am right now. Right. Focus on where I am right now for years and years and years. I sort of always tried to spotlight where I was going to go. Always looked so far in the distance. Uh, but the Bible talks about how Jesus is a lamp to our feet and uh, he's not a spotlight. And so I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Now, that's not to say don't think about your future. That's not me not thinking about my sure. future. That's not me just living wild. I'm still working towards a goal of being in ministry. And over maybe overseas one day, that's something that's in my heart. I just told you all about Emmanuel and being in India. My heart's been breaking for that, and so it might be going overseas. I don't know. Uh, so I'm doing everything with a goal of my future in mind, but I'm really focusing on where I am right now. Uh, so, 
Well, a question I was going to ask you is, where do you see yourself in a few years? And obviously, you've given part of that answer. What would you like if you could maybe design, you know, an area of ministry for yourself or cut out a particular uh, shape for you to fit into when it comes to ministry or outreach and interacting with people, impacting people? What would it look like? What would it be? I would love to go into staff health. I know we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. uh, but I would love to help counsel people. I would love to help um, just care for staff members. You know, staff members in churches are so preoccupied, which they should be, but they are so preoccupied with um, the congregation and all of the things that are happening that few of them make time for their own selves. Few of them make times to care for themselves. And so I'd love to care for them. I'd also love to be a missionary, you know, yeah. to be overseas, not for the rest of my life. Maybe I have no idea, but I would love to go share the gospel uh, and just preach and just be in places where people don't know about Jesus, whether that's dangerous, whether it's not dangerous. You know, uh, I used to live in fear and I still fear a lot of things, but I've learned how to, I remember I was at Catalyst Atlanta this year and there is a man who is in charge of the program or the ministry called preemptive love. And he with his family lives in like Syria, like in the middle of the war in the middle of everything. And he talks about how in today's day and age, we have to live with fear because we are living in a day and age where people are getting murdered for Christianity. We're living in a day and age where we can wake up in the morning and there's a terrorist attack. And so to say to live in today's day and age without fear is absurd, right? And you can let fear drive you. But what he has done and what I have learned or what I'm learning to do is to just take fear out of the driver's seat and move it to the passenger seat and let courage drive me. Yeah, that's good. You know? So still fight fear with fear, but let courage drive you home. Right. That's what I'm learning how to do. And so whether that's going overseas and being in some place that's scary, but letting fear drive me, whether that's staying in the United States, I don't really know. I would love to know. I that's something that I think I've struggled with my whole life. I've yeah. never really known what it is that I want to do uh, because I just have so many things that I'd love to do. I love playing drums, but I don't know if I'm going to do that professionally. Uh, I love being overseas, but I don't know if I'm going to do that professionally. And I, going uh, outreach to other countries has been a part of your childhood. Oh, yeah. Ever since I was, what, what year did you and mom go for the first time? 2001. Yeah, so I was in the first grade, seven yeah. yeah, so I'm 23 so we went now. to Ecuador that summer, yeah. and uh, every summer, Lan and I have gone to Ecuador uh, for a week-long, week-and-a-half-long outreach uh, opportunity there in Guayaquil, Ecuador, and Evan, as a child, watched us go yeah. and uh, missed us while we were gone, and then as he got old enough, you know, he was able to go, which was a rising ninth grader, yeah. and uh, you went with us for how many years Probably seven, mean, seven eight, eight, eight years in a row. It might have been nine. Yeah. Eight years. Last year you missed for the first last time. Last year was the first year that I yeah. did not go because of uh, summer camp, which is right. not an issue. That's just a new right. chapter in my life. But sure. uh, I'm not going to get a chance to go again this year because of summer camp again, which is, again, not an issue. I love right. summer camp. But sure. yes, it's been part of my, I mean, it is in my heart. Yeah. It's, I mean, I have a missionary mindset because of that, which is great. I love it. Absolutely. I'm going overseas, caring for people. And not just overseas. You know, I had a chance to call some people for CDH just asking questions about missionary or being a missionary. And one of the things that someone told me was uh, learn how to do it here. 
you know, I always sort of thought, not thought, I, I didn't really think this, but I guess I maybe had a mindset of that God works greater overseas. I don't know why I did that or why I came up with that mindset. But when he, when he started talking to me about do what you can here, uh, it really gave me the opportunity and it really opened my eyes to see how much is, and I always knew that things were needed here, but I guess I just started going into action right. here in the United States. And so I'm learning how to do that here, learning how to pray for people here, learning how to share the gospel here, learning how to uh, love people here. And so that whenever the Lord calls me to go overseas, if he ever calls me overseas, I'll be ready That's to go awesome. over there. Well, let me ask you a few questions on the personal side yeah. uh, before we wrap this time up with you today and uh, give people an opportunity to get to know you a little bit, even more so than you've uh, already shared. Um, what's a couple of your favorite movies huh. that you love? Because I know you love movies. Oh, yeah. Movies are my know? favorite. And we could spend a whole podcast probably talking about between you movies and me, we love. Yeah, yes. between me and you, we, <laughs> could, right. we could spend But uh, tell us, tell us one. Tell us two movies you love. Okay. This is a hard question. Okay. Ever since you asked me to be on the podcast, this question has been on my head. I just can't. It's so hard. But okay. I think one of my favorite movies ever is called The Pianist. Mm. Uh, that is an incredible movie about a man who is a piano player in the uh, Holocaust in those years, 1930s, 1940s. He's a Polish Jew. Um, and it's just about his It's a true story. It's about his journey through... Uh, losing his family. I'm going to spoil the movie for you if you've never seen it, but it's about him losing his family and just his journey through Germany in that time. Uh, it's an incredible story of forgiveness. It's an incredible story of uh, redemption. It's an incredible story of just the human heart and how sometimes we don't really believe what we think we believe. And so it's a great, great movie. Love that. Uh, another movie that I've been watching and (laughs) both of these movies are rather dark. I don't, it's just, I prefer really intense movies that make me think is in the past year, I've watched a movie called Silence and that movie has changed my life. I love it. It is about two uh, Portuguese missionaries whose father, and now this is with Catholicism to the father, their padre, um, has gone to Japan in the 1600s to uh, spread the gospel, but this man has apostatized, which basically means that he has given up his faith uh, publicly. So he has denounced God, and which is a big issue to them because the Bible talks about if I deny you, if you deny me in front of men, I will deny you in front of my father. So they have to go find him and save his soul. And so they go to Japan in time of hidden Christians to find him and to share the gospel, but people are getting murdered there. And it is just a story um, about what are you going to do? Right. To, get, to share the gospel. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the reason why it's called silence is because they are so, uh, they, are, they are brought through the ringer. They are brought through terrible circumstances and they believe God is quiet. So what do you do in the silence? What is it that you do in when God seems quiet? Yeah. And uh, it's one of my favorites. Wow. So the pianist and silence. Yeah. That's great. And we can also go into like Home Alone. Sure. <laughs> the Sandlot, you know, Home Alone, Space Jam, right. things of that nature. Right. So, A little contrast there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Elf. Yeah. Uh, what's on repeat on your iPhone right now? Uh, I love John Mayer. Mm. John Mayer is great. I also love Johnny Swim. Johnny Swim is great. If you've never listened to them, just great people. They're awesome. I've been listening to 
uh, Gavin James. He's not a really uh, well-known person. He's from uh, England, but he is just a great singer. An amazing voice. Yeah, he's great. I love Gavin James. And so, and then just, you know, Colony House is great. Love them. And so just things of things like that has been great. Well, you are a movie and music buff. You yes. love them. Love it. Yeah. So I'm up for anything. I yeah. love new music all the time. So just let me know right. if you have good music out that you think I should listen to. Let me know. Hey, if you could, um, what's what's a food item you never get tired of eating? <laughs> cheeseburgers. <laughs> okay. I love cheeseburgers. It's really hard not to eat a good. Che- I, I can. I find the good in all cheeseburgers. Right. I like to think that I. Uh, give cheeseburgers the benefit of the doubt. Like I don't really have an issue with it. I've never had a bad cheeseburger, I don't think. So I'm always looking at good cheeseburgers. Five Guys is one of my favorite places to go. There's a couple places in Anderson that are just hole in the walls. So if you're ever there and you need a good cheeseburger, what let me know. What was the place you were telling me about that you love so much there? Oh, it's called Max Smith's Country Grill. Mm. And it's just it's the hole in the wall. It is the smallest thing in the world. And it just looks like you walk into a closet. But they sell some good burgers, really good burgers. That's great. Yes, I love it. Well, Evan, it has uh, been an honor to have you here on the podcast uh, this uh, episode. And it's always amazing to have you home. And um, I'm learning as you're learning. And you're exposing me to different people and different churches and different books and different ideas. And uh, I love it. So thanks so much for being a part of this. And if people want to get to know you a little bit more, find out. What you're, what you're doing, kind yeah. of your journey, etc. What's the best way for people to find Evan? Well, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Evan Neal is on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. I share a lot with Instagram. So Evan underscore S underscore Neal is okay. what my Instagram uh, tag is. And then my phone number, you can get yeah. contact with me from sure. my phone. So Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much, man, for being with us today. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Imperfect Leader Podcast. And I am Scott Neal, and it's an honor to have you here. Got some amazing guests coming up over the next uh, little while. Uh, Getting some um, appointments scheduled now, and you're going to want to make sure you listen to each episode because we've got some interesting people on uh, coming up soon. And we've got some wonderful interviews and some great questions we're going to ask them and learn from them as we all try to lead better. And we're all imperfect, but we're learning, we're growing. And uh, as long as we keep asking questions and keep reading and keep learning from one another, we can be effective leaders no matter whether you're a business owner or a church or uh, a mom who's trying to figure out how to lead her kids better. We want to do everything we can to help you. So thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Imperfect Leader Podcast with Scott Neal. Join us next time as we continue learning what it means to be an imperfect leader. You don't have to be perfect to be an effective leader, but you do have to be teachable. Read great books, ask great questions, hang around great people, and you're on your way to becoming a great leader. Thank you for listening.